0: So by way of introduction, my name is Christy Falteruso and I'm the VP of customer success at IntelliShift. We're a fleet operations uh, management solution, so we help organizations really operationalize all of their assets. Um, What I'm going to talk about today is how we've been able to navigate the COVID-19 pandemic um, during these times and how we responded to our customers and really managed to plan to keep our business intact. So first I wanna walk through our COVID response plan. Um, over the past couple months, you know, obviously many organizations have been heavily impacted and how their organizations responded to this really probably dictated their impact and the results they saw. And so what I'm gonna walk you through is a three-phased approach that we took to helping manage our customers through this time. So the first was our proactive outreach, um, obviously making sure that we were communicating with our customers early and often, was really key to driving our success. Um, getting our executives teams to really support relief plans and coming up with a model that would help our customers, again, navigate this time. And then lastly, our agile customer management approach. So obviously understanding that a lot of our customers were impacted in different ways. We needed to come up with different solutions in order to keep the engagement going, but really meeting them where they needed to be met. So starting with our proactive outreach. You know the first thing that was key was initially as this did really start to hit uh, especially the US we made sure that our executive team was really aligned on what our communication needed to be to our customers. We wanted to make sure that we tailored a message that not only was authentic and sincere, but demonstrated empathy and helping provide our customers with the context they needed, Um, right? We needed to make sure that they knew that we were still operating business as usual. Fortunately for us, we were still an essential um, industry. We fell into the essential industry. So we were still operating business as usual while we were remote, um, but all of our, our components and teams were still you know, running as, as they had been. The next was really tailoring our customer outreach. So our CSMs, they reached out to all of their customers and this was really more formal to do those check-ins. We knew it was important to not just send you know, a generic message out to all of our customers, but more importantly to spend time with them to understand how their organizations and them personally were impacted during this time. And the last thing we did is we created custom support plans. So once we gathered all the context of how our customers were impacted, whether they were, you know, employees were being furloughed, whether their businesses were shutting down, or if they were deemed essential, how they were ramping up their efforts during this time. And we made sure that we worked with them to adjust accordingly. So if they now needed to meet with us less frequently or not at all for a period of time, we didn't wanna be tone deaf and just reaching out to them constantly to check a box. So we really did accommodate all of their needs. And again, my focus is on meeting our customers where they need to be met. The next thing that we did is we made sure that we had created, with our executive leadership team, a support plan that was going to provide relief to our customers. And we made sure that one of the things that was key here is that they were flexible. So our team, uh, our customer success org, in conjunction with finance, had put together three different plans and models that we would be able to extend to customers who were proactively reaching out, seeking relief. And so we found that these three plans not only provided them with variable options that they can discuss with their leadership teams to decide how they want to move forward. The flexibility that we provided in those three plans really helped them see that we were true partners and that we were there committed to their success in the near and long term. The next thing we did is that plan management. So it's not enough to just obviously offer these plans, um, both from a finance and customer success standpoint, we need to make sure that we were tracking all this. And so we defined and created a custom tracker, nothing fancy, it was built in Excel, but this allowed us visibility into all the customers that had seeked support um what that relief looked like so which plan they decide to move forward with what the financial impact would be to us and we made sure that not only were we tracking that we made sure that things got the pro- appropriate approvals and that we managed it effectively so that way moving forward we understood the the impact both to our customers and to us and the last thing was that customer engagement so during this time we also took advantage of you know really tailoring what we needed to do with our customers from an engagement standpoint, um, as a result of the plan type that they decide to move forward with. So for example, some of our customers decided to maybe suspend their accounts uh, temporarily. And so that would result in us adjusting their platform access or creating certain restrictions for them. Other customers were ramping up and taking advantage of certain accelerator programs that we had. And so maybe there was a need to distribute additional hardware. So whatever the case may be and whatever plan our customers needed to take advantage of, we made sure that not only were we supporting them through that, but also making sure that they had access to both software and hardware to execute that plan effectively. And the last thing was our customer management approach. And this was really, again, how we engaged with our customers. So like many CS organizations, you probably have a recommended engagement strategy, right? So maybe it's to speak with your customers on a biweekly or monthly cadence. Well, we knew that that, any any model we had put in place would no longer maintain, right? We had customers where their doors were closed. We had employees that were furloughed and, and obviously other employees that were being overworked as their stretch team stretched thin against lean teams. And so we wanted to make sure that we were really creating a model that not only helped us understand, are we doing the right things on our end, but also making sure that our customers felt like we were tailoring our support to again, help them in a much different way. The next thing was tailoring our customer communication. I will say obviously in customer success, empathy is so key to how we communicate. But now for the first time ever, it was probably how we always led our conversations and closed in both written and verbal communication. Our team has demonstrated more flexibility than we'd ever had before, right? And this is not only in Uh, pricing and making concessions on contracts, but also flexibility in our engagement, in our offerings, in solutions. And so really focusing on creating a mutually beneficial outcome to address their needs. And the last was modifying our success plans. Like many really strong customer success organizations, you likely have a success plan or account plan that had been pre-built that you had working on with your customers. But after COVID, all these went out the window. Our customers, they had new priorities and new strategies that we had to to align with them on, and so, For many companies that were still maintaining their work and operating, we decided to tailor all of our success plans to help them understand how to navigate this time and how our solution was going to provide that additional support. So really, again, not trying to be tone deaf, not trying to focus on anything that had happened pre-COVID or pre-pandemic, really trying to understand from our customers, where are you now and what is the help that you need from us in order to be successful? So our results and impact, um, you know, I'd say that given given our customer base, um, we had only seen a 10% impact to our logos. So we have over 3,500 customers, and only 10% of those logos had seeked res- um, relief during this period of time, which I know is significantly less than many in- industries. Um, and this is in part one to our approach, and two, really due to the fact that our customers. Um, are really deemed essential in a lot of cases. And only a few of our industries that we support had seen really big impact. Now, the other impact that we saw was a roughly about 2% impact on our revenue. And again, coming up with really flexible plans that were pre-approved by our executive leadership team allowed us to come to conversations with our customers with different solutions quickly and also putting some time limits on them so that these these offerings you know really did have guardrails right they had a time limit in which we would extend them to and offer our flexibility and so this not only helped us you know reduce the the revenue impact over long periods of time it also showed our customers that we were really committed to their success and the long-term partnership so again Minimal impact for us in terms of our customers and overall revenue now what we did build as a result of taking this approach is we built trust and partnership. Our customers have have seen us really be there for them when they need us the most and that results in you know them viewing us more as partners and less as a vendor and that trust and partnership will go along a long way over time. And the last thing we saw in terms of results was that long-term growth. So for some of our customers now, we're starting to see doors reopen and business pick back up. We're now seeing them add on more products. We're having additional conversations around upsell and them expanding their uses with us and also around long-term commitments through restructuring contracts. And so we believe that those long-term growth conversations are happening directly as a result of how we approached this situation with them
1: thank you thank you so much christy i think that is really impressive in terms of maintaining less than 10 percent Customer logos and 2% MRR churns. I just had two follow-up questions here. Sure. Uh, one was you talked about uh, creating new financial plans. So did you have to account for churn any differently or was it still following the same traditional method of looking at churn?
0: So we did adjust that a little bit, right? Like the way that we are counting and even how we're measuring our team on churn that happened during this time. Um, obviously, we, we've adjusted that. But I will say the models that we built were really focused on making pricing concessions during a period of time. So we had less customers leaving and more customers just really going down the path of taking like a suspended route. So. It really reduced their cost for a period of time, brought it down significantly, but allowed them to maintain um, their their subscription and the access um, once it would be reinstated after that model. So I would say that most of our customers went that path of being suspended. And again, that reduced anybody walking out the door entirely. And we just took the hit for a short period of time. And we'll regain that as we start to turn access back on
1: awesome so, so so for these suspended customers you know that they are going to definitely come back at a later point so would you account them uh, not temporarily not account them in churn or just leave them in a separate category
0: correct we're not counting them as churn because they're still active customers right like they have not they've not exited their subscription with us so Absolutely. they're still active customers we're just going to bake in those the pricing concessions right so there's contraction on the overall value of the contract but they're still a customer so we didn't we didn't recognize that as churn
1: Perfect. So it's not a logo churn, but it's still a, a, a revenue churn that happened.
0: Correct. Yeah. So that that's where you start to see that build in into the two percent uh, revenue impact.
1: The other question I had was, was there any specific pattern that you saw in a certain segment of customers? Or was it across the board? Because uh, for us, we saw a specific pattern in the SMB side behaving differently for enterprise and certain geographical regions as well. So how how did it work for you? I just would like to learn that.
0: Yeah. So um, basically the same, right? So we have a very long, long tail. Um, Our business was built on small SMB organizations. And so obviously these smaller organizations were taking the biggest hit for a lot of them. They did have to shut their doors temporarily. They were laying off employees, so not even furloughing them. Um, And so as a result, they were looking for major pricing concessions from all their vendors, right? Not just us. And so definitely our SMB and BSMB segments were the most impacted. Our enterprise organizations, obviously the larger you are, the more you are able to withstand some of this, um, right? They've got the revenue protection and and those profitability margins built in so that they don't need to take the same hit. Um, So definitely there is a definitely a big gap between the two. Um, our Our mid enterprise and corporate organizations, also we really didn't see too big of a, hit there definitely significantly less than our SMB Um, and then when it comes to industries you know like I said we are working in in fleet management and so a lot of our customers while they were many of them were essential there were certain industries that were really hit. So if you think about like transportation was a big one. We have a lot of organizations that fall into busing, transportation, limousine, transportation. And as you can imagine with schools being out, with corporate tra- travel being, you know, reduced to nearly nothing. Um, and then obviously people in their gatherings. So if you're thinking about like proms, weddings, reunions, things that might require a limo, you know, those two industries were were really hit badly during this time and so those I think you know if we had to compartmentalize them into two different segments it's our VSMB, SMB and then also transportation is the biggest one
1: you so much. Uh, one final question, Christy. Uh, so how do you look at CS as a function in the coming few months or, or even years? Because uh, this particular situation of pandemic is still going to remain with us for a little longer than we anticipate. So how do you think of CS function in the coming few months or years?
0: So I will tell you, um, if anything, it's definitely put us to the forefront of the business. Um, our company has always viewed customer success as a key pillar of who we are and, and kind of where we prioritize our, our efforts. But now more than ever, it is so important for us to protect and grow that base. As we know that many organizations are really not thinking about bringing on new software during this time. So unless those organizations are deemed essential, they've seen minimal impact, maybe they're, we've had a couple new customers come on board thankfully, um, but really now the level of importance around customer success is, is higher than ever. Um, so, we're getting not only significant investment in terms of resources from our organization, but the focus on how we're doing and what we're doing, as you know, is definitely at the forefront of our operating model. So, high investments, um, high priority, and I think you know. It's, it's the right thing to do regardless of a pandemic or not, right? Like if you're investing in your customers, like I mentioned, they're going to invest back in you. And so I'm just excited to see us take the center stage, as I believe in, in most organizations we should be anyway. So this has been an exciting learning experience for us. Um, and so hopefully we continue to be able to provide our customers what they need over time.
1: Awesome, awesome, Christy. Thank you so much. That was there's a lot of learnings in there, and a lot of actionable steps. I think that I can personally take back to our team as well. Thank you so much for that. Uh, is there anything else you want to add, Jeku? Yeah. Thanks a lot, Christy, for joining this session with us. It was indeed a great pleasure to have you with us over here. And uh, I would like to just summarize the key takeaways from this session for today. So first one would be get ahead and stay in front of large issues, which comes to your head. The second one would be being flexi- flexible to your customers. And the third one, it's a uh, focus on long-term gain, not the short-term loss. Thanks a lot, Christy, for joining us with us today. So I hope we can catch up in the next SpiroCast session.
0: Wonderful. Thank you guys for having me. I've really enjoyed this.